This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. There will never be a day, even if I do this for 20 more years, I'll never ever claim that I'm the greatest snow goose guide there is. I will say that, you know, when I walk away from this, I'll feel like, there isn't going to be many guys that worked harder or cared more, you know, and that that's about all I can do, you know. Amen, brother. Hey everyone, welcome to episode number 56. This week we have two of my favorite fellas on the podcast, Tim Cochran and Jacob Humphreys, and we are talking all about snow goose hunting and snow goose guiding. They are the first two guys I ever went snow goose hunting with and have taught me all I know uh, for the most part. And between the two of them, I think we figured they have well over 25 years of experience snow goose hunting and snow goose guiding, what it takes, what it looks like, the best parts, the hardest parts, the misconception, what a day actually looks like and what it takes to be successful and some stories along the way and why they love it. If you have snow goose hunted before, you know it's like nothing else you've done. Uh, it's very unique, very different, and it's an amazing wonder of this world. And those of us who have gotten the chance to do it, it's an honor, right? It's freaking awesome. And there's so much more to it than just shooting into hundreds, thousands, hundred thousand birds and walking away with a pile. That's not what it's about. It's not that easy. It can happen, you know, and we're here to talk about all of those things. And these are, these are our guys. So welcome to another episode. So glad you guys are here. Let's talk to Tim and Jacob.
Okay. Well, thanks guys for being here this week. I'm really excited. We have a returning guest, Jacob Humphreys, and we have a new guest, Tim Cochran, and we're talking all snow geese this week. So I'm going to pick their brains because to me, they're the closest thing to experts that I know. So this is as good as it gets, bottom of the barrel. <laughs> but we're gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna I'm I, we're going to this is gonna be get, the fastest yeah. episode recorded folks. yeah we're gonna get all their knowledge talk all about snow geese i snow goose hunted for the first time with these two and they've been doing it a really long time so i want to share their story and experience get some advice from them and just uh just bullshit a little bit too so Tim, if you would introduce yourself real quick, that would be awesome. Whatever, however many words you want to say. Well, uh, yep, Tim Cochran, I'm 38. I live in South Central Wisconsin. I've got three kids, and looks like they're so far interested in hunting and maybe even taking it a little bit further my oldest one's pretty crazy about it and it looks like the younger two are getting there so that's exciting kind of a transition in my you know one of the phases of your life as a hunter or whatever and so i'm excited for what that all holds here for the future um yeah i guess if we you know, as far as I'm kind of into hunting just about anything I can get a tag for. I deer, turkeys, ducks, geese, I love shed hunting. Um, I started snow goose hunting, uh, booked a hunt in Missouri 13 years ago, and I don't think we killed 15 or 20 birds of that day. It was a one day deal, but I got to see a big spin and I was hooked and it's been all downhill ever since. <clears throat> That's uh... so, I mean, that kind of, that hunt actually really just started my obsession with waterfall. Really. I hadn't duck or goose hunted all before that. So that one day deal and getting to experience that is what threw gas on the fire, yeah, I guess. No, that's awesome. And how and how did you meet Mr. Jacob Humphreys, who we'll introduce here in a second too? I mean, uh, if I go just through my Facebook memories, I see <laughs> that our first hunt together was seven years ago and um coincidentally i mean the first weekend we hunted together was the biggest shoots that i've ever had in snow goose hunting we got to experience about 350 birds in a three-day stretch we we hunted together and one of those guys that <clears throat> i mean you, you meet throughout your life that you just have a lot in common with he's one of my dudes he's 
sincere. I know he'd give me the shirt off his back, and that's all besides the hunt. I've loved all seven years of it. It's been awesome. Quite a ride, isn't it, Cochran? Yep. It's uh, I won't take any you know credit, but I'm gonna guess there's a direct correlation between us being together and 350 birds or so eating dirt. That was uh, those hunts were, <laughs> those three days were, were a banger. It was a bad day to be a snow goose. That's for sure. What I mean, we'll probably hit on this later in the conversation but what's so funny is the best day out of that whole deal started out I could have I think both of us crawled into our blinds and I don't know I think I might have just curled in the fetal position and started sucking my thumb because I mean our roost got blown right off of the bat and every bird left and we thought we were going to shoot a zero that day. And about an hour later, they all tried to come back. I mean, it, it's just, I use that hunt as an example of almost every hunt that I go on now. I mean, it just seems like no matter what the weather's doing or the situation is, it's it's so easy to think like uh, this day, this day, it just isn't going to happen. But I mean, that day proved that. You just never know. I mean, we went from thinking we weren't going to shoot anything to having our best day ever. So, without a without a doubt, that's I what thought, keeps you. Yeah, without a doubt, I thought that day was going to be just the grenade went off. And how can how can I explain to these clients, you know, Tim's, you know, neighbors, the way it turned out that. <laughs> Their geese just got their world rocked right at shooting light. Somebody jacked the roost <laughs> and just waved bye to them as they all head for higher ground, trying to figure out what just happened to them. It as as Tim, you know, just pointed on. It, every day has new challenges. Every day that you snow goose hunt has a challenge or a whole series of challenges. And the sooner you realize that and the sooner, you know, you can just make the most out of every situation, the further off you're going to be better off. Jacob, you have, so you've been a guest on this podcast, I think three, you've made at least three appearances, I think. Um, Also, coincidentally, the highest rated uh, episodes of the running series yeah that was in the that was in the first year of me having a podcast really yeah and so a lot of people now might not know who you are who listen regularly so if they don't if they don't know who i am they're probably better off in life but i'll i'll snap them back to reality real fast why don't you tell everybody who you are uh i'm jacob humphreys um coincidentally enough i am uh, Steph's life partner. <laughs> uh, grew up southeast Iowa. Um, as with Tim, I pretty much chase everything that has a heartbeat or leaves a track. Um, I've spent most of my life uh, 
chasing training coonhounds, uh, chasing ducks and geese all across the country. Um, I don't know, just grew up uh, on my uh, grandparents' farm. Um, I, 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 my passion for the outdoors, I guess, runs my life. You know, I've had some pretty awesome situations or jobs or, uh, you know, avenues of, of a career that I've blown off and simply because there was something to chase and their schedule didn't meet my schedule. So here I am today. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm blessed, uh, blessed to have, you know, chased snow geese now for, gosh, if I had to guess, probably since 2012, 13, somewhere in there. Um, every year, every year gets, it gets to be, you know, kind of maybe I'll say more and more work, but uh, just depend, you know, just depends on how you look at it. It's more and more memories more and more stories made uh relationships with people made uh super lucky uh for that um it's kind of a tough deal i i guess uh you don't necessarily get as much time hunting with your friends especially in the spring fall you know based on your guiding schedule but that being said i i've come to know a lot of awesome people uh, my relationship with Tim, first and foremost, you know, we, you know, when you're sitting there in the trenches, you know, guiding, trying to make hunts work, uh, it's, you got to have, you got to have a solid core group of, you know, other guides or other people around. Um, I've, I've worked for a few different outfitters and um, it's the, the, the stories made with your guides are, our memories made with them, man, it's, it's what's up. So how many years of experience snow goose hunting do we have between the two of you? Like all together. So we got like what, 20 years, uh, 20 I, years of the, snow goose experience. The first snow goose hunt I ever went on was with my core group of friends. Uh, uh, Mr. Keith Kripe, Mr. Sean Kripe. Who else? Uh, Mr. Nate Sadie Wasser. Um, I believe we all went down to Cameron, Missouri. I don't know that any of us had a clue what we were doing, but we gave her hell for a few days. Didn't hardly kill anything, but here we are. Um, so I, I guess my, my first snow goose hunting experience started in 2002. If I had to guess a year. Awesome. 20 years. and. Yep. Tim, you said you've been at it since. So 33, I guess. Yeah. 30, so 30, yeah, for 13. Yeah. Okay. So we got 33 plus me. Mm. So I rounded out to about 35 years of experience God, of, snow, of snow goose hunting, right? Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll stretch those <laughs> into dog years too to really pad the stats if that's what we got to do. Yeah. Well, I think that's enough to talk about this. And I, I will say from my experience when I was coming into my first snow goose hunt and like outside perspective and what social media makes snow goose hunting look like compared to my short time 
of Snow Goose Hunting. I have a completely different perspective, especially hanging out with you guys and watching what you do and helping with scouting and putting out spreads and everything. I just have a completely different idea of what it looks like. So I want to talk about that and give people a realistic expectation of what snow goose hunting is and giving them some advice. And if anyone out there is looking to guide, maybe you guys can spread some wisdom onto them too. Um, And my first question for you guys, why snow goose hunting slash guiding? Why that of all things? Start it off, Cocker. <laughs> Why have for punishment? I guess I don't. Yeah, exactly. Why have you decided to ruin your life and sanity to chase <laughs> yeah. a three-pound white bird? Uh, I mean. I don't know if you call it high re- high re- high risk high reward um it's it's an opportunity to really i mean it's it's liberal bag limits it's extended choke to or, uh, extensions and um i mean what else what other hunting can you do where you can you know, when it pays off, you can run a case of shells through your gun in a day and, and you get to watch that many birds work a spread and, and decoy. And, um, I mean, just the sights and sounds of it, I guess is probably for me, I mean, to see a, a, here in Wisconsin, I mean, if you're hunting honkers or ducks, you're not, you, it's, even on your best day, you're never going to experience the sights and sounds of a mediocre day of snow goose hunting. So um, that's probably one of the biggest things for me. Um, it falls in a great time of the year when there's nothing else really going on. Um, ice fishing's done and turkey hunting hasn't started yet. And I think that's a big drop to it for a lot of people. Yeah, the big, the biggest thing, the the first thing I think about when, you know, I, I guess me along with everybody else that does it right is 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 the the sights and sounds. You know, everybody's chasing that next big spin. Um, the visual aspect of what a snow goose can do, does do, the flocks. Uh, just screaming down, spinning down into a spread. Um, it's the hours, it's the hours of work that goes into the appreciation of the reward. I mean, shoot, Cochran, how many, you know, how many days are we begging for one dumb juvie blue to, you know, to, to break off a flock, you know, to to have something to shoot at versus, you know, when when the stars align, you get sun and wind and, you know, that little south breeze and, and here they come, you know, uh, I think, I think that's, you know, that snow geese definitely a, a tribute to all my daddy issues. I tell everybody because it's like, are we ever good enough? Why, 
Why does one day work better than the other? <laughs> Just tell me we're good, Mr. Snow Goose. Uh, I, uh, I love, I can't, I can't say I love it enough. Uh, you know, having from the gut, from the guide aspect, having somebody come on their first snow goose hunt and having it, you know, cashing in, you know, shooting 20 to 50 birds and, and just having their eyes light up, uh, seeing the skies, you know, just be filled with geese. Um, and it's, you know, I guess at the end of the day, it's as much for me. I, I'll, I'll be kind of selfish about it. You know, the, the, the guiding part is just the bonus of making somebody's dream come true, I guess. But uh, I, I would give up. I, I truly believe everything, but maybe coon hunting just to, just to see that next spin of geese, you know, just to have them fooled like, mm -hmm. like when, when it works out. I think that's what what draws me to snow geese more than anything sight sounds and camaraderie you know uh look at look at the hours in between you know uh, uh migrating you know when you're hunting migrating birds the hours in between the flocks and everything working out you know all the downtime to you know two hours of not seeing a bird to the 45 seconds of them being a mile high hooking up and putting their feet down in two passes there, there's nothing in the animal kingdom that fires me up seeing a bunch like that yeah <clears throat> so when i was talking about what i was expecting with snow goose hunting versus what i experienced for the first time all i really knew about it was that these birds are traveling back and forth from one end top of, of the world top to the of the bottom. world to the bottom there and back every 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 year every time the weather's changing right and i knew that and then i knew these youtube videos of people getting into hundreds of them and then having just piles and piles of snow geese that there's no limit on them and obviously people are going to show videos like that because that's exciting. That's what sells. And uh, not that I haven't had days like that with you guys because I have, uh, but that's just like what, what it sells and they make it look easy. They make it look like it's a bunch of birds that have no idea that you're there and that you're shooting into hundreds of them. And that's what every day looks like. And that's just not true. There's a lot, there's a lot of strategy and things to take into account the time of year how old the birds are etc but i want to hear it from you guys first if you have anything to say about that misconception and maybe kind of correcting some of that and then second what does it actually take to have a successful snow goose hunt and successful we'll i will identify that as like shooting getting into big groups of birds right that's what that's what we'll that's what we'll say that's not necessarily what success is but Ever wants to start with that? To me, to me, success is 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 definitely, you know, dependent on the person. Um, like so, figure I've been doing this roughly ten years. Um, if I look back, uh, especially at the end of my year, and we kill twenty birds, if I can average twenty birds a day, 
you know, I'm pretty pumped about that. Um, success is in the eyes of the hunter and, and the people that truly just enjoy hunting, enjoy, <laughs> as, as our boss always says, memories made in the field, right? Um, <laughs> we can, you know, folks look back on, um, folks look back on their hunt and if they, you know, pulled the trigger a few times and got to see a, got to see a show, got to hear some stories, you know, that's, that's, that's what made it for them. That's why they booked the hunt. Um, it's amazing how many people come on guided hunts and aren't bloodthirsty, you know, killers that, you know, just expect piles of snow geese. And, and that's awesome, you know, because these geese are truly the most battle tested animal, I think, in all of nature. Um, they're hunted for nine months out of the year uh, from literally Santa's workshop at the North Pole clear to, you know, the Gulf of Mexico, Texas, Mississippi. Um, so the respect for the bird that I have is is just out of the world. Um, somebody, you know, somebody coming on their first ever snow goose hunt, I, I feel should be very optimistic and, and should absolutely stay off the internet because of, you know, all the unrealistic expectations, um, that are formed. That's, and that's, that's, what's really tough to do because, you know, everybody that wants to come on a hunt is like, Holy smokes, you know, there's no limits. So if there's no limits on something, you know, for this conservation season, it just must mean there's millions of them. And yep, there is millions of, of snow geese. Uh, that being said, you know, what's the average age of these damn birds? Probably 10 years old. Uh, so you just figure at minimum that's 20 trips between the top of the world and the Gulf of Mexico that, that bird's made and just the daily life of flying to feed, you know, flying to, you know, roost, day loaf, stuff like that. And, and, and the poor thing, you know, not the poor things because they're evil creatures, but they get they get uh they get battle tested every day of their life you know somebody coming over a pond dam and, and shooting at them somebody jacking at them as they fly over a road a duck blind down south you know uh so many different situations um that's that that you know if it if the skies open up and hey by gosh you're lucky to hit that hundred bird mark you know that's what so many people measure success off of is, is what i hear is you know, oh God, we're gonna kill a hundred today. Well, probably not. Um, actually, way more times than not, you're not going to. But I, I always, I always tell everybody, you know, or ask everybody, you know, how many times do you go and shoot ten ducks, twenty ducks a day, back in the fall at home? You know, if you can answer me that honestly, and you know, and it's more than three times, it, it's funny. You hunted sixty days. You got a sixty-day duck season in the fall. And if you only shot more than 20 ducks three days out of that 60, you know, you're most of these people are throwing a dart at a calendar four to six months in advance and, and, and hoping that it works out. So if you take that in consideration, uh, the weather into consideration, the, the, the cycle of the migration into consideration, you know, there's so many factors that, that are involved in one of these dang hunts. You know, so I, I wish the best to every client. 
you know, everybody always, you know, and Tim will sure talk about this. You know, everybody wants to know, oh, when's the best time to come? And I always answer, uh, two days after the end of the year, I'll find out. You know, I'll look back at my daily log <laughs> and be like, yep, should have came this day. Too, too bad it's already happened, you know, hunt every day next year. So okay. I guess I guess that's my answer. That's you know what. Well, I think. I mean, even if you were to take, let's say your home area where you grew up, hunting honkers and ducks. I mean, the the place you know best, and you only had to pick three days to hunt it, and that was all you got for the whole fall. You know, what are the odds that you're still going to go in there and you're going to kill a limit all three of those days? You know but yeah definitely i mean uh the, the you know there's there's a lot of misconceptions i mean basically it comes down to you know what what kind of hunter are you or you know where you're at and as far as expectations um you know, is it about the hunt? Is it about the camaraderie? Is it just all about numbers? I mean, I feel like I'm pretty fortunate to hunt with a lot of great guys all spring that, you know, they they get it. They understand how much of a factor the weather plays in it. And I mean, you know, they might have only killed 10 birds, but it was out of a, a spin of a thousand, you know, that that worked right and they got to see an awesome show and take that with them um, so yeah i guess it's just you know i catch myself doing it too when i reflect on a season i think about this day and this day where we shot this number and this number and you know you, it's easy to to gauge the hunts by that but i mean it's about it's about a lot more than that and it comes down to each individual person you know do you expect to shoot a 180 inch deer every time you sit in your tree stand or whatever i mean are you just enjoying your time in the field and with your time with your buddies and uh, Every day, I feel like we we do everything we can to put ourselves in a position where if we get the right weather, we're going to kill. You know, I mean, there, there's only so much we can control. And unfortunately, that's that's one of them that we we can't. So, I mean, Steph, I know you talked about all the prep and what all goes into a smoke sun. I mean, it's just the the people, the the miles in a pickup, the the fuel, the the phone conversations. I mean, it's it, it's unbelievable. I mean, what actually goes into every single day, as far as you know where where those guys are going to be set up you know and, and then the tracking landowners and stuff i mean it's 
I mean, we could we could talk about that for hours. It's it's crazy. Nobody, Cochran. How many how many miles did you put on your truck this year? I don't know. What would we start? Probably mid February, early February to the end of March. Ten thousand miles. Uh, this year I didn't pay as close of attention. I know last year it was somewhere between seventeen and nineteen thousand miles in a yeah. in about six weeks stretch. Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny, you know. You get guys, you know, and and, I, and I'm not bashing any clients or anything like that, but you know, you get guys that you know want to come on a snow goose hunt and they're used to you know hunting around their house and kicking out. 50 or 80 duck floaters are putting out, walking out 10 dozen honker decoys out into a field. And, you know, we roll up in an 18 by seven enclosed trailer, jam full of decoys, jam full of gear, uh, blinds, you know, the whole nine yards and, and they're, and they're taken back. I think, you know, so many folks are overwhelmed by what 2,500 decoys looks like, you know, 2000 decoys looks like you know and everybody's always like oh you know how many hours does it take to put out that and it's like well you know are are we doing it by ourselves or do y'all want to make the most of your hunts you know because in in our business you know our help is always appreciated it's never expected but you know you get guys you know and we gotta just on the on the back end of it you know all the hours are, are finding that spot to hunt, finding those birds, you know, beating the roads down glass and, you know, the landowner relationships. I mean, it's, it's, you know, nothing can truly be, Oh, I'm trying to look, you know, it's all talked about until you get out there and actually see it firsthand, you know, uh, mm-hmm. three hours a day, you know, you figure, you know, just setting the spread is, is two hours right there to do it right. Um, how many people, you know, love something enough that they're fixing on doing that day in and day out, setting the spread, scraping the spread, scouting and setting that next spread within hours of, of pulling the last one, you know? So how many decoys do you guys typically put out? And if someone was going to do that on their own, what would that cost? And what's the man labor required to do that? The cost is way too much. Go yeah. do your research and get a guide. That's that's what I you know would recommend. Um, you know, if we're chasing feeds, um, you're looking at fifteen to eighteen hundred decoys, Cochran. Don't you think? You know. Yeah, I would Somewhere say around. that's that's pretty typical. I know when we're chasing. Um, when we're in the pits that we hunt or like a, just like a traffic type spread, uh, hunting migrators, hunting, you know, bird staging off of big roost or refuge, we're, we're pushing 3000 decoys, 2,800, you know, um, it hits, you know, the cost, the cost is what you want to get it, you know, uh, what you want to put into it you know everybody everybody thinks you know full body decoys are the golden ticket and and geese just break their neck to to 
you know, work a spread of full bodies. And, you know, there's a time and place for everything, but you're looking at 210 roughly dollars for new hard body decoys versus 30 to 50 dollars for, you know, a sock decoy. You know, both of them have their time and place. It's, it's the investment that you want to put into it. What do you think? Well, and decoys, your trailers, you're probably going to need a machine with tracks to get your stuff in there. I mean, we were pretty fortunate to have dry weather this year, and it wasn't as big of an issue. But, you know, the track machines and trailers, just to get that stuff in there. And, uh, so, and then it, let's say you got, 20 to 30,000 wrapped up into all that it's the it's the four dollar a gallon gas to put in you know fill a tank up every single day and to find them so yeah there's a lot of it's the hotel rooms it's you know there's yeah the list goes on and on if you're, you know, and I, and I started out as a freelance hunter, um, with my buddies and I, and I, and I miss that aspect of it. Um, I don't miss, you know, like Cochran, just, you know, 30, $40,000, uh, to own, you know, a whole spread, a trailer, your track machine, you know, the, all the overhead into maybe 10 days of hunting, you know? A person, you know, uh, you see a lot of groups of buddies going in and buying a spread, buying, you know, and, and goose hunting. And that's that's awesome. You know, high five to them. Uh, the the normal, you know, I'm just going to say working fella, you know, that wants to just enjoy something for a few days of the year. That's logistically not possible. Um, so, again, I said it before, you know, that's that's what me and Tim do. Um, we're we're lucky enough fortunate enough whatever be a guide uh do your research and uh don't you know necessarily beat the the internet down you know and believe everything you say but do your research look into booking a hunt and not you know remember not a, you're not cashing in on every single hunt every single outfitter but it's pretty obvious to see you know after you book a couple hunts what it takes to be successful you know the the details the results are in the details of the outfitter you choose well that yeah as much as those spreads cost you know if we want to put a dollar value on it it, it is a lot of money but at the same time anybody with deep pockets can can build a spread i mean it, it's doing your research on who's going to put in the sweat and block to, you know, put it in the right spot and, you know, somebody that actually cares and, you know, is trying to put, cause I mean, you can set that spread, you know, if it's not, if you, if you don't care where it's at and you're just going to leave it sit in the same spot and run guys through it and collect checks. I mean, there's enough guys doing that. It seems from just my perspective and my short time and experience <clears throat> when I came out last year and went to Missouri and South Dakota with you guys, since I was working during the day, 
I would go hit up like the local bar or restaurant for a burger in the middle of the day while you guys were out hunting. And I remember one day in particular, <clears throat> pretty much everywhere where you're snow goose hunting, you're in these small towns. The only thing really going on for the most part is snow goose hunting. Uh, so when you go out to eat and you go to these bars, this is just, again, my experience, pretty much everyone in there is either a client or a guide of some kind. And something I noticed just being like a fly on the wall, Jacob had prepped me before going in there of being, you know, telling me to be discreet about where I was hunting, who I was with, not oversharing details. And it was crazy when people realized and looked at me and I, I thought I was hunting guys that were asking me questions and they were kind of pumping me for information and trying to figure out where we were, where our spreads were. Um, guys from out of state, I got talking to one of them. He's a new guide, recently just got some permission uh, nearby and is guiding people out there. And it, it seems pretty aggressive, pretty cutthroat sometimes. And the other thing I've learned um, okay. is when I was scouting, because I was doing some scouting for you guys, is paying attention to what vehicles I see more than once. And if I see anyone following me or watching me scout or uh, paying attention to vehicles that go by our spreads that already exist. And maybe it's just interesting, uh, almost having to be hyper aware of things like that, which I think is crazy, but I guess makes sense. I'll say it, Minnesota people suck. They're the godless hordes of, of hunters. F, F Minnesota snow goose hunters. They're everywhere. You can't, you can't beat them. You can only hope to contain them. Uh, no. I, uh, no, there's well, some I mean, there's, there's What's that? There's pride. There's, there's money. There's, there's a lot of, yeah. I just think the, the competitiveness of of us and the pride and obviously you've got money tied up into it. I mean, that all creates that, that tension that, um, you know, how do you want to, I guess, yeah, you know, that tension that, you know, you're all competing for that, that same prize and trying to get that perfect field. That's definitely part of it. Absolutely. Uh, you know, that, you know, this is at the end of the day, if you truly love, you know, what you do being a guide or not, uh, if, if you love it, you know, you want to be the best, um, or the best that you can do. So I'm, I'm, I'm ultra competitive when it comes to it, you know, uh, I don't, I want to show, my friends that I'm hunting with or my clients the best possible time. So you're not going to do that, you know, half-assing anything, half-assing scouting, half-ass, you know, setting your spread. Uh, you're always worried in the back of your mind. You can't hide a good snow goose hunt just with all the banging, you know, uh, somebody's going to hear it. Somebody's going to see what you're doing. Somebody's going to try to get downwind of you. Uh, you know, or get south of you, you know, by, you know, uh, a field or a mile. Um, 
uh, you know, two miles, you know, south of you. That, you know, somebody's going to see that flight line of birds and want to be on it, you know, with you. Because if you're getting them, you know, they can hear it and they're not. Uh, so that's, so that's, you know, it, it's always in the back of your mind. Who's watching you. Maybe you're doing something different than them. Maybe you don't want to tip your hand as to what you're doing versus what they're doing. There's such a fine line hunting these birds, you know, they're, they're so finicky, you know, everybody's chasing them and, and, you know, gunning for them. What, what's it take to set you apart from somebody else? Maybe, you know, it's the soundtrack you're running. Maybe it's the spread design that you're running. It's it's all it's all out there. So, you know, being being different, you know, is is what you're after. Maybe uh, I don't think if you're not competitive or you know you're doing everything you can, you know, it's you know the the secretiveness of it. It's it's there. It's out, you know, it's respect, in my opinion, you know. Battling it out with, you know, that that next group of hunters that's around you or, you know, people that follow the migration, you know, Internet scouting is is so big now. And it's the the most frustrating thing in the world. You know, somebody oh just hops on the Internet now versus, you know, going out there putting in you know beating the roads down putting in the leather time in the field and getting their butt whooped well oh every, you know i only got three hours or i only got one weekend a, a year to hunt you know help me find the birds no i'll tell you what go find them yourself get you know get a good traffic line and make the most make notes of that spot you went to this year go you know that way you have a base point next year where to go that's that's my you know, that's my gripe. Okay. Guys, I have some advice questions. All right. If I would have, if I you're could giving, do this over. You're giving us, us advice? Oh, oh my gosh. I would, can I? Can we do that at the end? Give yeah. you guys advice? Yeah. That yeah, sounds serious. awesome. I did go to guide school, Tim. We could talk about, we could talk, talk about, about we could talk about my guide school experience and my snow goose day. Yeah. at guide school and how jacob crushed it we could talk about that like on the when, when i crushed it folks it was like uh crushed it like uh rock uh grant you know like i crushed the rock i crushed steph's spirit i took she said i took <laughs> such a good experience and ruined it we can talk about that because mm-hmm. i'm a big man. yeah at least you guys can laugh about it now <laughs> yeah it's hilarious <laughs> What a time to be alive. Yeah, actually, um, even though Jacob hasn't been a, a guest on the podcast for a while, I have talked some shit about him on previous episodes. And it's funny because he listen, he does listen. You listen to most of my episodes. Mm-hmm. So you hear some of it, but you probably missed a few times. But a lot of the reason I, I talk crap about this awesome man is because of the whole male-female dynamic, especially as it relates to hunting. I don't think it matters how much you love each other, support each other, think the other one, you know, sunshine comes out their ass. I don't think it matters. I think the dynamic of like men and women in the outdoors is just, it can be hard sometimes. It's either really awesome, but it can be kind of hard to manage. Um, That's why I think you're seeing a rise of like 
women in the outdoors, but doing a lot of things with other women, not because we hate men, we love men, but sometimes it's probably good for us to do things separate and then, you know, come back together. Right. Don't you think maybe? Oh, yeah. Okay. So with, uh, so I'm going to speak from my very minimal experience and have you guys answer my questions and tell me if I'm right or wrong or give me some advice. So as someone who has fallen in love with snow goose hunting, I've had a ton of fun hunting with you guys and learning from you guys, helping you guys. Um, you know, I have it in my head that I could, I could guide a snow goose hunt, uh, probably a little bit. Jacob doesn't, I don't think fully, I don't think Jacob believes in me enough to guide the snow goose hunt on my, by myself, but I, I don't think I'm that far away. But anyway, when I went to guide school, which I've mentioned before on the podcast, we had a day dedicated to snow goose hunting. And I did really well that day. Uh, we went over spreads and decoys and wind and shot placement and scouting. We went over everything. We took a test on it. It did really well. The thing that Jacob and I butt heads about was that day I had to put up a spread. I had to put up a mock spread based on the situation that they gave me. The particular setup of decoys I did when I told Jacob about it, I was like so excited to tell him how well I did that day, putting up a spread in 90 degree weather. Like I worked really hard that day. And he tells me, what spread did, what spread did you do? When in the hell have I ever taught you to put decoys up that way. And I was like, what? I was like, I was trying something new. I was, I was just going for it, you know, whatever. So we didn't really see eye to eye on that. And even though I respect Jacob's opinion and believe him and know he has success, you have success, Tim. I am so new at this. I was trying to learn from other people and take that and use it in the scenario. Okay. Also, Things that I learn and have questions about. So something I hear when I have been observing you guys as clients or hear people talk about, I'm going to talk about that pile of birds again, right? When you get into a big group of birds and they come in and you're shooting 50 to 100, 200 birds, okay? Most of the time, those are going to be young birds, what you guys refer to as juvies, as juvenile birds. Some people don't believe that mm -hmm. and don't understand that that oftentimes those piles of birds, not always, but most of the time, they are going to be young birds. Can you guys talk about why that is and get some clarity on that? However you want to attack that. Let's hear it, Tim. You can start it off. Well, it just, it kind of goes back to, you know, like Jacob talked about just how, how hard these birds are hunted at nine months out of the year up and down the country i mean especially i mean we use the like missouri and hunting around squaw creek and the refuge like how many snow goose spreads these birds fly over every single day of their lives and um i mean they're <clears throat> definitely certain things you can do but i mean there there isn't a whole lot of spread setups or you know varieties that they haven't seen you know and i think it just comes down to the, you know these juvenile birds 
haven't experienced all of that yet. And um, it's, it, it, it's definitely just in the 13 years that I've been doing it, it's, it's crazy to see how much differently, how much more difficult it is to decoy adult, adult birds. I mean, when I first started, it seemed like even if there was one juvie mixed in a bunch of a thousand and he was trailing up the back and if he decided to lock his wings and he was going to do it, the rest of them would all change and, and, and do it too. I mean, you'd get a big spin going. I mean, maybe you'd only have five or 10 of them at your boot bags, but you would have changed the course of that whole flock and, and at least had their, they would have hooked up and and gave you a look. And now, I mean, that's that's pretty rare. I mean, and it's just, just that they've seen so much, and every single day over the course of those nine months. And so, definitely, the higher percentage of juvenile birds, less educated birds, you can have that you're hunting is just all the better odds you're going to have, you know, decoying them in close and shooting big numbers. Yeah. I think it's like anything else, any type of game, any type of hunt, the older mature animals are, are, are going to be harder to come across. And I think maybe people put that out of their minds with birds. I mean, because it's like a big group, uh, they don't look at it that way, but I mean, I think it makes a ton of sense. And my understanding too, it, de- it, it can depend on the time of the, of the migration, right? So if it's earlier in the migration versus later, um, you're going to have more adults earlier in the migration, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Jacob, did you have something to add to that? The, <clears throat> the easiest way that I can break it down and describe it and, and what I try to, you know, everybody that i hunt i i always keep it beat into their mind that an adult snow goose is just a bulletproof animal you know i mean you're gonna you're gonna get your licks in every once in a while and and shoot 20 30 40 of them uh but that being said you know think of think of the the most battle-hardened animal and that that you can think of and 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 these jokers are every day that they're getting hunted is, is they don't get any days off because when they make a mistake, they're dead. You know, it's like any other animal, yeah. you know, they, they make their mistake and they wind up dead. And, and the numbers of snow goose hunters out there, you know, te- are a testament to that. Uh, they might fly 300 miles without seeing a spread and then bang, then there's 40 spreads set out. Uh, everybody, Mound City, Missouri is synonymous with the with, uh, spring migration snow goose hunt. Uh, you, eight out of 10 hunters, you ask, oh, where'd you go snow goose hunting? Oh, Northwest Missouri, uh, Central South Dakota. Uh, there, there's big stopping points along, along the way. And like I said earlier, there's no hiding where the snow geese are at. They're such a strength in numbers bird. They're such a safety in numbers bird that you know, yeah, you might, you might see your random bunch of, you know, juvenile birds, you know, three, four or 5,000, you know, or 
people are drawn to the 50, 60, 70,000 birds in a field, uh, big feeds, you know, that's great. You know, they're, they're fun to look at, you know, they, they can, they can sure draw a crowd, you know what I mean? But the, the odds of those birds coming back to that field the next day, especially, you know, in an, in, in a adult dominated group flock herd, whatever you want to call it, uh, they're so conditioned to coming back to that field and getting shot and or you know look at the obvious there's 50,000 geese in a 120 acre field 300 acre field they're pretty much like damn vacuums uh they're gonna if, if there's something down there to eat they're gonna have it cleaned up and and hop to the next field uh the the point in the migration you know that leading edge of birds you know the oldest and crustiest rudest adults there are all all these all those rascals are thinking about on the way on the way north is getting north to lay their eggs to do their breeding you know keep the population strong those are those are your leading edge birds you know those are your first million or two birds that are that are rolling north pushing the snow line you know sitting on ice for a week uh that's what people need to realize is they could give a damn about your decoys right because they know it's safe in that field where there's 50,000 hopping around, there's no decoy spread. There's no hunter out there that can duplicate 20,000 geese in a field. Um, there's, there's, you know, a lot of big decoy spreads out there. They fly over. Um, they have just as much challenge, you know, decoying adult snow geese with 10,000 full body decoys as, as I do with my, 3,000 bags of air, uh, my 3,000 wind socks or, you know, 2,500. Uh, the success, you know, is there again, the success is what you make it. But at the point of the migration, you know, you can ask somebody, you know, the age old question is when should I come, right? Uh, you should come when you want to because, uh, you know, there's no telling tomorrow could be a banger day, but expect, you know, the, the front half of the migration shooting 10 to 25 geese 30 geese a day you know that's very obtainable and that that's very common that's that's a great day you know you're battling the oldest and hardest to decoy birds so that's that that's a win man uh you're gonna see a hundred thousand geese three hundred thousand geese uh and that's awesome that is that is an absolute marvel of nature seeing that frontline push seeing that first million geese fly over a mile in the air be a just be a you know a white speck in the sky rolling north uh you know your your success of your big shoots are just they're just not going to happen it's a numbers game you're going to have enough geese fly over you and you know you're going to draw some out of it maybe in the back half of the migration or the tail end you know when you're hunting you know uh a juvenile dominated flock versus the adult dominated. Uh, like Tim said, these, these young birds, they just haven't gone through the gauntlet of life and got hunted for 2000 miles. You know, they're, they're still, uh, looking, they, they how is that tell everybody they're there to party, you know, they don't know what a decoy spread is yet. Uh, so that, that's what your big shoots are getting made from. Uh, drawing those those birds out of the flocks and migrating adults or 
you know, if you can find a feed of just juvenile birds, you, you move in and you beat them up um, and, and mark it up as a win. You know, it don't always get to happen that way, but when it does cherish it because it's, it can be few and far between, but it can be a marvel of nature. There's no doubt. So what do you think, Cochran? You missed. We, we've been, we're like a week out of snow goose guidance, so I, I miss it every day. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wish I could go back and have my ass one more time this spring. <laughs> um, <clears throat> you know, you might, uh, me and, you know, uh, friends that I talked to, Cochran included, you know, uh, it, it's it's hard to it's hard to have people happy you know always if they're you know out there just you know finger on the trigger bloodthirsty just angry at them uh you know mm-hmm. it's hard to describe to them that hey you know we're gonna see two hundred thousand geese and believe it or not they know we have 2500 decoys out here and they don't give a damn right uh how many times mm-hmm. Do we, do we lay out there all day and have 10 bunches of adult geese, you know, be a thousand, you know, 500 yards in the air, hook up, get down to a hundred yards, and then they just push off. They know it's not real. You know, everything looks good and then it don't. And it's, it's very mentally tough for most of these clients, especially new clients to know that hey nothing's wrong with the spread i promise they just know their decoys like i i had i you have people every year like oh man they're seeing something oh man they're flaring like, like yeah they are there, there's no disguising when mm-hmm. adult snow geese get 100 yards centered up over your spread and they're like oh my god those are decoys let's get out of here you know that that's the nature of snow goose hunting i how many times this year you know like i said it's 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 guys that probably have never done it before but that i gotta ask what are they seeing that they don't like and it's just a one word you know decoys i mean they especially on a high wind day when they're crawling across the field at 20 yards and they come up the spread and 100 yards short of us they start to peel up and it's like they know the difference between a decoy and a real goose and they, they figured it out. So that's, that's what, that's, that's why they're the still, it is. That's why they're still flying and not in somebody's pile pick. Yeah. Okay guys. So I'm going to try to make this rapid, like rapid fire. I'm going to go back and forth like Tim, Jacob, Tim, Jacob. Okay. I have eight questions. And you, they can be short answers. Oh. I might ask you to elaborate on a couple of things as we go. But do you guys have anything else to wrap up about this part before I lay the questions on you guys? Let's do this. No, shoot. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. Favorite state to snow goose hunt? If I was to throw a dart at a calendar, what date? What state? You're asking oh, yeah. what date? State. 
date, but if you want to give date, oh, that would hey. that would be good too. That would be acceptable. We're gonna have two hundred people trying to book for <laughs> March fourth. Yeah. I said state. State. But, oh. Yeah. Boy, that's really tough. That's a really tough one. Um, I love Missouri. Uh, we built a lot of great relationships down there, and. I don't know if I can throw their names out here, but they, they help us out a ton and um, have become great friends of ours. You know, they, they put us up in their houses. They help us get permission, cook us food. You know, I, I love Missouri. Um, you know, Missouri, we're hunting near the refuge and a lot of what we're doing is running traffic. Whereas South Dakota, we're chasing, I would say we're chasing a little bit more. And I would say that's, that's more my style. I mean, I love putting on miles in my pickup. I like chasing birds. I like meeting farmers and, and that style. And, you know, obviously we're hunting that, that state near the tail end of the migration hunting juvies and I would you know our biggest shoots come out of South Dakota so I don't know that's just a really tough one I mean it's just a you got a lot of different factors all playing into that I mean yeah as far yeah. as my whole season goes if it's not just about the pile of birds and and if it doesn't all just weigh on numbers, then yeah, I would probably say Missouri. Yeah, would you say the same, Jacob? I love Missouri. Um, a lot of the reason is, you know, we're hunting a staging bird there that's going out to feed. You know, we got a million birds 20, 30 miles south of us. You know, a lot of the time, like Tim described, Tim's a Tim's a killer. He, if nothing's happening, he's gonna go make something happen. He's gonna shake him up. Uh, he loves chasing feeds, and, and I do too. Uh, but he makes him pay when he does it. Uh, I'll give him that. Uh, I like to set a big spread, and and I really love to set a big spread. I mean, my my boss. Uh, he, he he can't hardly buy enough decoys for me just because uh, I'm going to put them out. Usually he has to pick them up. So I love putting them out just as many as I can get. Uh, you ready for the next question? Uh, not just about. Okay. Um, yeah. Hunting feeds is, is, is fun when you're, when you got a big juvie feed lined up, you know, that you're going to make them pay. But to see that, big migrating string hook up and and just get balled up get loud and put their feet down there's nothing else that can nothing else i mean i get choked up over it seeing that you know two three thousand birds just wad up and and, and do it right there ain't nothing like it exactly i agree i agree i just i want to clarify that you know i'm not trying to 
push everybody that hunts South Dakota to try hunting Missouri. Because, uh, I mean, like I say, we have a lot of great hunts in South Dakota too. But it, it really, just for me as a guide and the way my whole season lays out, the way the way we do things, you know, and and it's about more than the how many hundreds of geese we kill. It's about, you know, uh, our time on the road. And that's, that's why I would, you know, same Missouri. I mean, but cause I mean, I, the numbers will show that we push bigger numbers as far as kills out of South Dakota. Yeah. We, I mean, yeah, exactly. Don't, don't think Missouri is the place to be because I've shot just as many zeros in my career in Missouri as South Dakota, uh, maybe even more because uh, when you're hunting a feeding line of birds or a feeding, you know, trafficking bird, if you're not under their flight line, you're, you just as well stick a fork in it because you're done. So yeah, everybody listening, just, just take that in consideration, please. Uh, South Dakota, our, all of our biggest shoots came out of South Dakota. All mine anyway. Uh, you know, when up there we're hunting more of a straight up migrating bird, you know, so when you can get under that line, that, that magical little highway in the sky and, and they're right over the top of you. I mean, you can be a straight up roadblock to them. So that's, that's, mm -hmm. the, that's the clarification I got. Don't, don't count South Dakota out. Question two, purely because I have seven more questions. <laughs> <laughs> question two and i don't know how you'll answer this i will be really impressed if you guys can answer this quickly what was your best year of hunting 2015 2015 18 2018 <laughs> yep 15 is when we had our big hunt so wasn't it cochran yeah, that was probably the biggest hatch ever. Yeah. Yeah. Why 2018? The stars aligned, and I just had big hunts after big hunts, I think. Um, and and the weather, or the weather was, you know, similar to most of the time. You know, South Dakota was really tough this year, weather-wise, with big winds every single day, just mind-numbing. But so much of our hunting, you know, migrating birds, you got to have a decent little, you know, south wind and decent conditions for them to want to migrate in. You know, they're not going to try to fly into a 50 mile an hour north wind, but we had every day in South Dakota. You know, it was very mentally tough there towards the end of our, of, of my run and Tim's run as, you know, working the springs, just horrendous weather, you know. So, yeah, that was, that was what made 18 the best for me. What is the worst part of snow goose hunting or guiding slash guiding? Worst part? Not being able to put on as a successful a hunt as, as I would like, uh, i.e. weather. Um, the weather's the biggest part of it. Um, folks that have unrealistic expectations weather and unrealistic expectations if i don't if i can't give it my all i feel like i'm out there robbing their money um i don't i don't want to be that guy that gets tore up 
on the internet for not giving a damn for not putting on a good hunt because my this is you know my life this is my livelihood uh my reputation speaks for itself i hope at the end of the day i like to you know i'm probably the most goofiest off the wall person you'll run into that being said i don't know these for the most part you know new hunters that come hunt with me i don't know their backstory i don't know what they do for a living and, and i don't know how they value a dollar but i know growing up and, and still to this day i'm for the most part dirt road poor and you know can't save a dollar because i want to go blow it on something fun uh i value every dollar that they pay to come hunt with me uh the second you put a dollar a dollar amount on a hunt or you know have to pay for a hunt everybody's expectation changes for the most part and i take that i you know i wear that on my sleeve so if you know we definitely the the guy that we work for i'll, I'll say it oh and i apologize for not talking about it earlier we work for uh chuck hamry uh sd waterfowlers um you know what he charges isn't as much as a lot of other people charge and 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 it puts a lot of pressure on me and tim to make the hunt as, as good as we can so yeah that's that's the worst part for me is is not being able to put on the best hunt that i can every day and uh you know not having a not knowing going into it you ain't gonna have a chance to you know have a big numbers hunt or you know a, a good shoot and these people that are that have thought about that all year maybe all their life you know who knows what they're coming to this hunt thinking or wanting or ex, you know expecting and so if i can't put on a show that's what hurts me the most Yeah, uh, I would say I'm probably just elaborating on what Jacob said, breaking it down. But the, the the hardest part for me is just the things I can't control. You know, I can't I can't control the sunshine. I can't control the wind. I can't control if somebody wants to jump shoot the roost. You know, that's. All the work that you know goes into being in that spot and having that spread set the way it is, and then for it just not coming together because you know of Mother Nature or, like I say, somebody that you know pulled up to the roost and jump shot it at daylight. I mean, those are those are the things that frustrate me the most. I don't want to go too hard on jump shooters because <laughs> there's a lot of guys that they do it legally and you know that could start like a whole other discussion but no, it's definitely definitely screwed up plenty of homes especially this spring yeah, uh, last year when I <clears throat> went with you guys, um, as I was pulling up in my truck, a bunch of young boys came through. And as soon as the birds started coming towards you guys, for, towards your 
spread. They just started, you know, shooting at him. And I was like, what the hell? I mean, mm. totally. I, I don't know. I don't even think they were illegal. I don't think it was illegal. They were just trying to pass shoot the yeah. geese that were coming to us. I, they were well, just that's, a bunch. That's what I mean. That's I, I don't want to get too hard on the whole subject because I mean, there's enough guys that pass shoot legally and whatever. I mean, maybe these guys had permission on this piece of water and they didn't shoot any specks or ducks and I don't. So you can't you can't blame too much for it, too hard on them if if they're doing it right. But it definitely screws up the hunt. Yeah, most definitely. I my next question: What is your favorite thing to hunt? Is it snow goose? If it's not, if it, if snow goose is your favorite thing to hunt, what's your next favorite thing to hunt? Go ahead. All the pressure's on me now. Uh, I'm torn. Uh, a lot of people might laugh at it, but I'd give I'd give it all up to snow goose hunt, but probably to coon hunt. Um, I've been very blessed throughout my life to i've coon hunted since i was nine years old and there's a whole ignorant podcast about listening to me babble about coon dogs but without a doubt um which just if anybody wants to take take uh notes it's steph's highest viewed podcast to listen to the train wreck of me babbling about coon hunting uh yeah for sure if i Snow goose hunting definitely is is is, is probably my uh, most favorite thing to do. But I couldn't give up chasing a good coon dog around the woods at night. Um, there's no substitute for it. And what do you think? Yeah, I, um, mine is probably whitetails. I that's what I grew up doing. And I, Still to this day, it's, I don't know, to me, I mean, I don't know how to compare apples to apples, but I get around a big white tail. That's what gets my blood. Well, I think that's what's awesome about it. And part of the reason I ask it is because you guys both love snow goose hunting so much and depending on who you ask. And I've talked about this before in the podcast. Sometimes people think deer hunting and coon hunting couldn't be more different. So I just think that's awesome that you have like such a common interest for the other types of hunting that you love so much being so, you know, air quote, you know, different. And that, that, that subject is a whole other podcast episode. Um, if you could guide anything else, what would you guide? I'm gonna have to think on that. What God? What else is there besides coon hunting and snow goose hunting? Everything else a waste of time. <laughs> Man, as far as guiding goes, I think I'd probably I'd probably go with turkeys. Oh yeah. yeah. I don't know. I think I think um, 
maybe it's just uh, even uh, the excitement of if you're not going to see them, you know, let's, you're not going to see a big whitetail, you know, every time you go out. But even if you can get yourself in an area where there's a bunch of turkeys and you get to hear them go boost and you're close to them, I mean, yeah, and when they make the whole wood shake and just that gobble and getting to see them struck, stuff like that, I, I think a lot most most guys, most turkey hunters, I mean, just even getting to experience the sights and sounds of that are going to be considered a successful morning, even if they didn't get to pull the trigger. So I think turkeys would be fun. Is that your answer too, Jacob? No, I mean, uh, yeah, turkey hunting is, it, that's a hell of a, that's a hell of a show. I mean, there's nothing in the woods more vocal for the most part. You know, you always got your turkey sneaking in on you, but there, there's nothing out there as vocal, right? They, they put on a show. They look like a damn barn out there twirling around, strutting and carrying on. So that, that aspect of turkey hunting, you know, if I could guide anything else, probably catfishing. I love, you know, and, and I'm lucky to group, grow up on a, a reservoir here in Iowa that is loaded with catfish. Uh, and I, and I do take quite a few people, you know, we're, we're not setting any records by size. You know, we got a uh, five to 10 pound catfish is what we catch. Uh, but it sure is fun to catch a boatload of them. Um, anything that I could do to, to show people a good time and, and to see something that, that they haven't ever, that, that's what I want to guide. Amazing. Okay, this question might put a little pressure on Jacob. Jacob, pretend I'm not the one asking you this question, okay? Mm -hmm. Okay. That should be fairly easy. <laughs> Who is your best hunting partner? Keith Cry. He's he's my he's my best buddy. Uh, He's interesting up there on my list too, but I would say my son Hunter's probably at the top of my list. Yeah, and honestly, Keith is probably at the top of my list. Keith might surpass Jacob for me because Keith is way nicer to me than Jacob is, as we mentioned earlier in the podcast. And Tim. <laughs> Tim, you are Tim. You are way nicer to me than Jacob is too. I'm gonna just. <laughs> I, there's a disclaimer. Everybody needs to know. It should have been at the start of this show that I do not believe in participation trophies, and I'm I'm it's slow but sure. I'm getting Steph molded into the hunter I know she can be. <laughs> oh no, uh, no, I don't believe in participation trophies. So if she messes up and doesn't do everything perfect every time i'm joking and everybody just he's kind of joking he's not seat. completely joking um he <laughs> cryf is my is my you know probably my best hunting buddy um we have known each other and, and everybody that knows keith you know it just goes to show how easily entertained i am that keith is my guy he is just the most mad at birds 
human as what there is. And, and I admire that about him. Mm-hmm. The dedication to the cause. Uh, he, oh, per, Professor Cripe, he's always got a theory. Uh, usually it's, it's wrong, uh, maybe for the most part. Uh, no, Keith is, Keith is a very knowledgeable guy. And I've known Keith for, shoot, got to be 20 years. Uh, so we got a lot of hunting history together. And he's the only person I know crazy enough to hop in the truck and let's go hunting somewhere. He will make everybody's waterfowl hunting dreams come true. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He's always, I would say, like you said, he's probably more mad at him than any other person I've ever met. But, I mean, he just, he lives for it. and He probably knows more about birds than anybody else I know. But at the same time, He's always, you know, he's always going to ask you questions. He's never going to make anybody feel like, you know, their their ideas or, or thoughts on something is, isn't right or whatever. That's what I love about Keith. But, I mean, we've met a ton of guys, you know, a couple of brothers that we used to Just all over that more of the same way those and your son is seems like a goer tim like your son hunter seems like he loves it from you know what i've seen and heard about him and 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 hunting i think that is like so awesome hunter's a man that's a that's a yeah. kid with you know, that's a kid that proves that that generation ain't lost right there. That's how, that's the first thing. When I think of Hunter, that's the first thing that comes to my mind is he's out there busting his butt. You never hear him complain. You never hear him, you know, not want to be out there. Uh, cold, shitty weather, you know, throw him another jacket and, and he's going to tough it out. Uh, you know, I was lucky enough mm-hmm. to get a sit with you guys one day this, this year, the one afternoon. And he's out there 15 years old with a damn camera instead of just ripping the trigger every time. You know, that just goes to show that he loves it. He wants to capture it, you know, in a picture as much as, you know, in his memory. So that's what I got to say about Hunter. I think it's, I I agree. I think that's cool to see that, you know, I, I know when I was 15 years old, it was, it was just all about pulling the trigger for me. So, and all my buddies, how many were killed and stuff. So, to see him just soaking up every bit of it and, and loving it, and it's not just all about the kill. And I'm proud of that. And, you know, like I say, I, I started this, this deal, you know, with Snow Goose and really with Waterfall. 13 years ago I mean when he was two and I mean I know I've got plenty of pictures of him at three years old I mean that's one of the great things about waterfall hunting is you know you've got some downtime you don't always have to be perfectly still 
you don't have to worry about send control and all this stuff. I mean, you know, he was able to go duck and goose hunting with me when he was three years old. And I mean, hell, I, I would say just about every great hunt that I've been on, he's been there for, I mean, he's got to see some unbelievable stuff at 15 years old. Sometimes I, I think he's spoiled, but it also makes me proud that, you know, he was able to experience that stuff and I hope he carries it on and keeps going with it. I think uh, you're doing a lot of things right, Tim. I think, I don't think that's spoiled. I, I think um, I talk about this a lot lately, but you know, I think, I think most parents are just doing the best they can and, you know, kids are involved in a lot of things, but I'm realizing more and more just how there are a lot of kids and adults out there, um, just people out there that want the outdoors and hunting to be more part of their life. But maybe it just it just wasn't something that was a part of their life when they were young. So they don't know how to get started. They don't really understand it. Um, and I, I think I think people should be exposed to it when they're younger, um, if they can be. So I don't think spoiled at all. I think mm-hmm. you're doing a lot of really great things. My last my last two things, uh, we can kind of put it into one, however you guys want to uh, put it together. But I want you to share what you love the most about uh, snow goose guiding and any parting words of wisdom you have. So whoever wants to take, take it. My, what I love the most is, you know, as social of a person as I am, I've, you know, and the same with Tim, literally we've, we've got to meet and, and hunt with a thousand different people, you know, over, our careers over our lives and that's a thousand stories that you know for the most part I remember everybody's story you know I take pride in you know I I connect as best I can with with everybody that's out there you know and and I'm a blessed man for that I think about that all the time and that's one of the hardest parts about walking away from it at the end of the spring is you know until next year you know, I got I got guys from all over the country um, that come and come because they want to hang out with me and, and hunt for a couple of days. You know how how big of a blessing is that? Uh, and and I and the relationships that I build with these with these you know I don't even call them clients. I hate that term when they hunt year after year. They're just buddies now. Uh, you know, trading me opportunities to come tuna fish with them. Uh, you know, some folks from California and, and Nevada, you know, I, I talk with them damn near every day of the year. Uh, I always got an open invitation, go out there, go fishing, go hunting. Uh, you know, guys from Utah, I, I love hunting, excuse me, love hunting with, um, South Carolina, you know, we could pick up and go to South Carolina and, and shoot some pigs if we wanted to. Uh, so, so that's the, the, the most rewarding part is getting to, you know, getting to hunt every day with some awesome people. Um, you know, there's some challenging people, but 
I'm blessed to, to meet the folks and the stories that I have, you know, uh, folks in, you know, I hunt with a lot of people from Michigan. Uh, there's, there's a handful that literally I talk to almost every day that I threaten they're going to have to take me walleye fishing, you know, uh, guys from Ohio, j- just the stories gained and, and the memories made, you know, <laughs> old Chuck, he always jokes, you know, gives us hell when, when hunting may be tough, you know, it's all about the memories made in the field. And, you know, as that's a true, it's, it's said jokingly, and it's said to kind of mess with us, uh, to keep me idled back, but, uh, <laughs> and then, you know, whenever he talks about memories made in the field, he also talks about just riding it out, you know, uh, I'm, I'm pretty free spirited and, and Chuck has to pay me to counsel me. <laughs> I always, you know, talk about that. Uh, but you know, how lucky are we that, you know, we, we get all these stories. Um, you know, it, 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 it is tough. Um, not, not getting to hunt with my buddies in the spring, you know, my, my core group of, of guys from back home. Um, but it's pretty damn awesome when, uh, probably my best, one of my best memories, uh, you know, I, we each have a thousand stories, Tim, right. Of, you know, how this hunt went and how that hunt went. I guided, uh, four or five, four years ago now, uh, guided, uh, five boys from like Washington and California. I think they were from, and then, uh, four guys from Indiana, I think four or five, whatever. Um, the boys, from Washington out West had never waterfowl hunted in their life. And a couple of them never waterfowl hunted. And, and we just had an incredible hunt. I think we ended up, you know, shooting 150 geese. And it was, it was a barn burner from daylight to 11. Uh, we shot like 20 birds, which was awesome, you know, cause there was decoying great. And, and then the, the, you know, the old light switch flipped and, and from 11 to three, we couldn't keep our gun loaded. And, and just to see the, the look on their face when just every bunch of birds that we seen just hooked up and put their feet down, um, that, that can never be replaced. Um, the look of, you know, birds flying over and everybody saying, oh, you know, don't worry about them, they're too high. And then just seeing them ball up, get loud and put their, you know, drop their butt, you know, to, to, come down that the looks on those people's faces can't be replaced uh those experiences i'll never forget and if i do my job right they'll never forget um so that's my biggest takeaway mm-hmm. uh, i would say mine mine's the same i think um just getting this, all the, the relationships with the, the guys that hunt with us. You know, we're really fortunate that, you know, pretty much, I would say 90%, if not even higher than that, you know, the guys that we hunt come back year after year after year. I mean, that's, I feel like that's a testament to what we're doing, Chuck's doing, you know. And we're just, 
you know, we get to hunt with a great group of guys. I mean, some of them, it's the only time of the year you ever actually get to see them, but, you know, it's like a reunion and, um, and even to go farther, uh, it, well, maybe to talk about, you know, it, maybe the weather's not right, or maybe this is going on or that's going on. And I always try to remember that like every day that, you know, these guys look forward to this hunt for all year long. They got three days to, to come out here and do this. And they look forward to it. They plan for it. They've used up their vacation days and, and, you know, better, what else is going on? need to make it as as fun as we can you know uh, and I think it's easy to take it for granted when you do it for 40 50 days out of the year you know you, you start to take it for granted let things kind of weigh on you or whatever, as far as like I say all the outside things that you can't control um, it's awesome that you know they all show up with smiles on their faces and they're here to have a good time and so that's my favorite part well and I think you guys do an amazing job you and Jacob and and Chuck and everything that you guys put together I think I think you guys do an incredible job and just again from the time that I've been around and the the clients that I've met of yours that come year after year, almost all of them are friends with me on, on Facebook and they talk to me uh, throughout, throughout the year. And that's just from like me joining their hunts and talking to them and just like a whole bunch of really great people that love to come hunting with you guys. And they go because yeah, they go after the birds, but they go to spend time with you and it's their vacation and they look forward to it year after year. And I, I just think it's super special, but it's, it's addictive. It's awesome. It's different than anything I've ever experienced, but it's also like, it's actually really hard and labor intensive and kind of mind blowing. Um, Before this conversation's over like everybody wants to be a guide till it's time to do guide shit right um want to yeah. talk about that. well so, we're about to wrap up so why don't you wrap it up with it why don't you guys talk about what until when it's time to do guide shit what's that mean <laughs> everybody wants to be that you know person there sitting there light just light just show up lay down and call the shot right that's that's what <clears throat> a lot of people think about when they're being a guide or what they want to do to be a guide um being a guide you gotta you gotta really be okay with being humble uh because these birds are the most humbling thing in the world so like i guess if i had anybody or anybody hundreds of people ask me, you know, Oh, you know, I want to come guys. I want to be, if you ever need help, let me know. And that's great until that bonus snow day when, you know, you have to go fix 3000 decoys and try to put a hunt on, you know, not sleep. 
you know, my average day, me and Cochran's average day is what, four thirty in the morning to eleven o'clock at night. Um so so to be a snow goose guide, you gotta you gotta my biggest thing is you gotta be humble. You gotta be willing to bury your pride to, you know, maybe listen to somebody that don't know what they're talking about or a client that don't know what they're talking about, but Hey, you got to make the most of that situation with them, uh, and, and try to put on the best hunt you can with them. Um, you gotta be willing to put in the hours that nobody wants to, you gotta be willing to go to bed, uh, and get up early. You know, everybody, you know, th these clients are on vacation. We're not, you know, this is our, this is our job. So if they want to have a good next day, you know, you got to be willing to, you know, go to bed early and get up early. Um, you know, you have to be willing to, you know, if you know the next day is going to be shit, you, you know, you can't let that affect you because this hunt ain't for you. You got to remember that the hunt's never about you. The hunt's always about your client, the person paying to come hunt. Um, you know, your, your, your hands and boots are going to be wore out. Uh, gloves are going to be wore out from sticking decoys, picking decoys, uh, covered in mud, um, and just beat down. Um, by the end of the year, you know, you're weathered, <laughs> ragged looking and, and I'm homeless every day looking. So that's, you know, that's one of my character qualities, I guess, is you just got to embrace it. And, just have fun, laugh it off, no matter how shitty it is, no matter literally how muddy you are. Because uh, it's a muddy time of the year, you know, frost is coming out of the ground, everything's muddy, everything's covered in mud, everything's breaking. Uh, stay positive, because if you can't stay positive over a little bit of mud and a little, you know, long hours, you're not, you're not going to enjoy being around people when, when the going gets tough. Birds ain't working, you know, the adults are reversing back in and, and, you know, messing up your life. A snowstorm, rainstorm comes through. People aren't pulling the trigger enough. Uh, those are all things you're going to have to deal with. Um, not having, you know, shooting two geese a day and, and these people that are looking forward to making a pile are shooting two geese a day, you know, keeping them positive. Because the second your mentality, your mindset goes down, you know, they they can feed off that and know their hunt's going to be shit and they're just throwing money, you know, at the sky. Uh, you know, that's a huge part of, you know, doing guide shit. Um, what do you think? Definitely. Um, I like, yeah, just being optimistic. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta go into every day with optimism. I mean, and a short memory, I don't know, but you gotta, <laughs> you gotta feel like you did everything you could to, to be where you're at and that, you know, and just giving up that control, you know, if you're a control freak type of person, it's probably not the sport for you because there's a lot of things you can't control that are going to dictate how that hunt goes, so... Yeah, that's, I just, I mean, it, it really, I, I don't want to, I don't want to knock it because 
I love it. And, and I know that there's, there's thousands of people that would love the opportunity to, to be a snow goose guide. And, but it, it does take a, a really specific, special type of person to, to really grind for the whole season. I mean, you gotta be, I mean, you, you gotta be willing to, you, for first of all, you probably got a job outside of this that you know has to allow that to happen. Um, you got to have a supportive family. You know, if you've got girlfriend, wife, kids, you know that's all got to work. And I mean, you got to be the type of person that can be away from home and live in hotels and laundry rooms and wherever you got to sleep, campers, you know and yeah you know and like we touched on you know getting to see these guys for this three days out of the year and as much as you know you had a good hunt or whatever that you want to go have supper you want to have a couple beers whatever it is but you know there's a spread that needs to be moved. There's, you know, you got to scout, you got to find birds. I mean, it's just not all, it's definitely not all just calling a shot. All fun. I mean, there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff, a lot of, a lot of, frustration and anxiety and everything else and you know but at the end of the day I still feel like personally for me it's all fit and I've had a lot of fun yeah most fun (laughs) Tim who who are a couple people you look up to with with snow goose hunting. <laughs> Dude, your head's big enough. You're just setting yourself up here. I, I can already see what's going I'm on. I'm just laying this. the groundwork, Tim. Tim, I'm just laying the groundwork. Oh, I mean, uh, uh, obviously you, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I just, I feel like this is what, you know, it's it's what you were meant to do. I, I love your enthusiasm for it. I, I know that like everybody that hunts with you, you know, has a great time. They always, you know, I get to hear about it plenty enough. <laughs> what a great guy Jacob is, and how great he is at story time. Um, uh, there's so many people. I mean, obviously, Chuck, I mean, if it weren't for him, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be doing this and where I am. reason why I, I kept coming back and uh, why I kept hunting with him was, I mean, day one, the very first time I hunted with him, 
he parked his truck on the side of the road and watched uh, a group of birds that were loafing in this field all day long. I mean, for 12 hours straight, he sat in his pickup and he made sure that nobody was going to come by and jump those birds and that, you know, they were still going to be there for the next day for our hunt. So that right there alone was, as a, a paying client, was worth my money. I just, I, I knew, I felt like he, he cared, you know, he was, he was doing everything he could to, to put on a good hunt. And, you know, he had my respect from there on out. Uh, I would talk about Keith. Obviously there's a, there's a bunch of big names in the game that, you know, kind of paved the way with some video and yeah. you know I I came into it watching those I mean the guys that I work with and I see putting in the effort every day I mean see the ones that have I have the most respect for Yeah. My favorite are Tim Cochran and Keith Crape. <laughs> I don't even get honorable mention. How about that? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, Tim, you're one of my favorite hunters. You know, it, it, it's, you know, cliche, you know, we each give each other, you know, a shout out, but I'm telling you, like, you know, everybody sees the fun me and gets all the fun stories and stuff, but you know, you're always my guy at the end of the day that, you know, we're about like brothers and that's, this is no shit. Everybody listening needs to understand what it is to hunt 40 straight days, you know, and, and understand what goes through your mind and the highs and lows of that. You know, this is, you know, you want to be a guide, you know, that's a lot of hours, you know, just grinding, just moving decoys, doing all the, the not fun shit. And Tim is, Tim has never shied away from work one day you know so let that be known uh and and he might not talk a bunch he can he can sure have valued words when he when he speaks um uh chuck for sure you know he gave us the opportunity uh gave us the shot to work for him um we wouldn't you know at the end of the day, he gives us his company, you know, because we're out there with the clients. Um, he gives us gives us a trailer full of decoys and says, "Go do do our thing," you know. And based on everybody coming back year after year, we must be doing good at it. So, you know, thank you, Chuck. Uh, we didn't talk about him near enough, but you know, he's uh he's the one that is the guy in the background, like Tim said, you know, babysitting geese all day. Nobody realizes, you know, what it is. You guys want to hunt feeds, you know, clients want to hunt feeds and it all sounds good till, you know, you know, case in point, uh, Chuck had a feed lined up for me this year. Uh, it was going to be a banger, right? You know, they're coming off the roost in small bunches, um, coming a mile to the field. Um, 
it all looked good till three o'clock in the afternoon when those damn Minnesota jumpers rolled in three trucks deep and, and blew up our feed for the next day. You know, now, now what, you know, Chuck had to go pull some late inning heroics and find another feed. You know, it ain't, it ain't nobody's fault that those guys rolled in and, and shot the birds, but you know what it takes to consistently come up with fields to hunt, you know, he's, you know, he's always he's built the relationship in, in south dakota that you know is is second to none respecting ground you know god bless the 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 landowners that give us access to the ground it couldn't be without them you know chuck chuck lines all that up and, and keeps the relationship and reputation there um but i'll tell you what i, I tell everybody this and everybody that asked me he's always the first person that really gave me my shot you know you know chuck hiring me but Oh, oh, Casey Rorvik. I'm going to make him blush. Yeah. It's, it's uh, all because of Casey. I, I'm happy. You know, Casey and Brady, definitely. I wanted to make sure their names got mentioned because I know when I was getting into, you know, actually getting to run hunts, I mean, those guys, I mean, I always wanted to feed off of them and those guys had it figured out got after it and they've always been good to me too yep um they taught me casey and brady both uh you know they were the reason why i got my chance you know uh so i can't you know and, and i talk with when i talk with them all the time you know a lot more about snow goose hunting than, than other things but you know, life in general. Some of my best times have been going up to South Dakota, just, you know, visiting them, you know, went to a midsummer concert with those guys, had Casey come down and, you know, go to, you know, Carver, Hawkeye and watch some wrestling, you know. Um, I can't thank Casey enough. I, I cuss him every spring that, God, why'd you get me into this? But Casey, just know that, <laughs> just know that you made, you, you made it all happen, man. And, and, you know, when it comes to, you know, snow goose hunting, I owe you everything. So I, I needed to make sure that Casey and, and B Dog were were mentioned for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's, you know, and we let, you know, obviously, you know, we went down some tangents and got off topic a whole bunch, and, and the structure looks like a, the structure to this interview, Steph tried to, to, to herd the ducks in the right direction. Uh, so I'll give her credit <laughs> for that. But it's like snow goose hunting to me is, is, is my life to, to a point, you know, putting on the song and dance and the show and making the most of it all and, and getting, getting to shoot some birds on top of it, you know, make some memories and, and and I always tell everybody that that when it don't work out and hunting's tough, it sure sucks. But if if you like, you know, the aspect of a migration, I can't. It, it'll change your life. Seeing one big spin will just absolutely mm -hmm. change your life. So I I you know everybody come on out, go on a hunt. There's my shameless plug. <laughs> come 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 <laughs> hang out with me and Tim and and pay us every day for it. How's that? <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. That's all I got, man. That's what you think, Cochran. 
you got anything else that you want to tell the tell the people? I don't know, man. I think we. I feel good about we got to tell our stories, and I think I. I just wanted to really get to break down and emphasize like uh, how much more it is to me. And I, I think, you know, you and everybody that we were with that, you know, it's not just about the numbers and, you know, try to portray a little bit of what goes on behind the scenes and how much work it is and stuff like that. Yeah, there's, there, there's no doubt. I mean, and, and like we talked about what to expect coming on a snow goose hunt, it's, and, and and don't think we're churching it up. And, you know, we're having fun with it. But at the end of the day, man, it's hunting. Uh, you know, it's nothing, you know, for these birds to, to move a state in a day, you know, a mass of birds. So it, when when you see us, you know, roll up to a field or, you know, you get there the night before and, you know, oh, how's everything going? I mean, that's one thing. We're, we're never going to deceive you and we're never going to, you know, let you know, oh, God, it's going to suck. You know, I'll, you know, I'll be straight up with everybody that comes right. and hunts. You know, I've, I've told everybody hunting going to be tough today. But by God, we're going to tell some stories and have some fun and, you know, cook some food or go eat lunch and and. We're going to make the most of the opportunity that God's given us because, you know, I'm a firm, you know, I, I don't go to church every Sunday. I never have, but to me, it's all a part of his plan and, and we're just walking his path. So let's enjoy it while we're here. Well, and I just, I'll, we talked about being humble and there will never be a day even if I do this for 20 more years, I'll never ever claim that I'm the greatest snow goose guide there is. You know, I'm, I don't know the birds like Keith Cripe does. I, I I might not set the best spread. You know, there's there's just there's a lot I'm not going to do. But I will say that you know when I walk away from this, I'll feel like there isn't going to be many guys that worked harder or cared more, you know, and that that's about all I can do, you know. Amen, brother. Thanks guys for doing this. Appreciate you both. Thanks. Steph. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for taking me under your wing. <laughs> Get it. <laughs> Thank you guys again for being on the episode. Love you both. Appreciate you both. And thank you to all of you for listening. Hope you learned something, took something away. And I hope we can see you out there going after some snow geese. Until next time.